Good morning. morning. Happy Easter. Easter. Still Easter. I know it's still Easter because we still have candy lying around the house. (laughs) Now, does it strike you kind of odd that Peter and the other disciples are out fishing, going fishing? They just saw the risen Lord maybe two weeks ago. The risen Lord came and proved to Thomas that he had risen. Why are they out fishing? It's kind of an odd placement for this story. Now, there's a similar uh, story of fishing in in Luke, the beginning of Luke chapter 5, where um, it's when Jesus calls the first disciples. Similar story, they didn't catch anything. He said, cast your net this way. They caught a bunch of fish, and they believed. So, I believe it at that. Biblical scholars have been wondering about this since... They started reading John, and I have other fish to fry. I'm going to tell you a true fish story. When I was 12, Bill, my big brother, gave me a Zepco 202 rod and reel combo. Does anybody remember those? Yes. Yeah? Okay, good. (laughs) It was a really low-end fishing rod and reel. Um, Good for a 12-year-old. So early one spring Saturday, he and I drove over to 18 Mile Creek, and we climbed down a muddy path to the base of an old hydro dam. Bill set me up with a bobber, a sinker, a hook, and he even put the worm on the hook for me. Then he went off a safe distance away from me because of my (laughs) casting skills. It was a good thing, too, because two years later, I did catch myself in the back of my head casting And also, he didn't want me to see him smoking (laughs) and tell my mom. Well, I cast my line into the creek, and I sat down, tightened the line a little bit, and I watched the water flowing by, and listened to the birds sing. It was a bit of paradise. And after what seemed like the entire length of the Avengers movie, Endgame, the bobber jerked down under the water. I had a fish, an exciting moment. What do I do now? I've prepared for everything up to this moment. Now, I doubted the Zepco 202's ability to haul that fish in. I sort of had visions of Jaws. (laughs) So, there was only one thing to do. I ran. I put the rod over my shoulder, and I ran straight back up the path we had just come down. Behind me came out 10 feet of line, a bobber, a sinker, and a flopping fish, the ugliest eight-inch freshwater sheephead I'd ever seen. I got the fish in. My brother looked on in amazement. He was very excited that I caught a fish and really relieved nobody saw me doing it. My fish story stands in sharp contrast to today's gospel. I mean, I just caught one fish. The disciples caught 153. It's after Jesus, the risen Lord, had yelled out to Peter and the disciples, for some reason out in the boat fishing when they should be catching people, to cast their nets on the other side of the boat. And they brought in that huge abundance of fish. And that's how they knew it was the Lord by the abundance of fish they had just caught. 
Throughout the Gospels, we've heard examples of abundance. There's abundance of wine at Cana. There's a feeding of 5,000, a feeding of 4,000, with just a few loaves of fish and bread. Then there's an abundance of healing, the giving of sight, the opening of ears, the cooling of fevers, and the forgiveness of sin, even the raising of the dead. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he's constantly showing an abundance of love. But for a moment, let's look at poor Peter. He had just denied Christ three times before Christ was crucified. And now he had endured the shame of his actions. Just think how bad he felt with Jesus standing there saying, Peter, do you love me? And asking him three times. And each time he answers, yes, Lord, I love you. And out of the abundance of his mercy, he reconciles Peter to himself. In Christ's response to Peter's confession, he gives them a huge task. Maybe it was an interview for what was about to happen. He keeps saying, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. Now we're in an Episcopal church, so it's very easy for our, our imaginations to associate this with the Eucharist. And we're right to do that. But I've come to have a very pragmatic understanding of Christ's commandment to Peter. And I think Christ actually wants his followers to feed and tend his sheep, literally. Not to go in farming, but to give food to the hungry and comfort and shelter to those who need our care. That's what we're supposed to do when we follow him. As I mentioned before, all around Jesus was an abundance of food and healing. But Christ was returning to the Father. He was going to heaven. He was no longer going to be physically on the earth, providing an abundance of love and healing and food. He needed help. He needed Peter and the disciples. He needed the feet to carry the message of the good news. He needed the mouths to speak this truth of love. He needed their hearts and minds. They were going to take the good news of God's love out into the world to feed the sheep on the good news of Christ's resurrection, and they would need to feed the sheep as well. I believe Christ's command to feed his sheep, his lambs, has been handed down to us. I believe the Episcopal Church does a pretty good job of feeding with the sacraments and also feeding people with bread. I notice you have a loaves and fishes ministry, feeding ministry, and also the Home Cooked Fridays. These are prime examples of the Episcopal Church feeding the sheep and tending to the lambs. But there's something implicit in Christ's command that I think we kind of miss sometimes. To be good shepherds, we need to have good food for the sheep, an abundance of food for the lambs. And that requires there to be good soil clean water, and fresh air. I believe if the church takes Christ's commandment to feed the lambs seriously, 
then we must work for the protection and the healing of creation. Now, unlike Jesus cooking up fresh fish caught that morning for breakfast and giving it to the disciples, I didn't eat my catch. My brother and I released the little beastie into the water. Why? The waters were not clean. A few miles upstream, there were two EPA Superfund sites. Do you know what a Superfund site is? It's where there's a lot of toxic waste that needs to be cleaned up. But next to the creek where we were fishing, why there was a dam there making power, there was a chemical plant that made solid rocket fuel. Down creek was Lake Ontario, a long overfished and nearly dead lake. And posted near where we were fishing were signs warning people not to eat more than a pound of fish a month from these waters. And if you're pregnant or childbearing age, don't eat any. The fish I caught most definitely had dioxins, PCB, and mercury in its flesh. The toxic legacy of the Rust Belt. This is the environment I grew up as a child, and it formed me. I remember watching television, live coverage in the local Buffalo stations, when the news that Love Canal first broke. A very scary time. But this is Easter, and there is hope. Because of Christ's incarnation, his death, resurrection, he brought salvation and healing for humankind. And the Easter event also brought the healing of creation. Frederick Kruger, in his book, Reading the Orthodox Parish, wrote, Christ initiated the new earth, not abolishing the old, and he plants the seeds of its transformation. Through his disciples, he brings the new earth. Jesus Christ brings God's healing love to the earth. The seeds of transformation have been planted. The healing grace of salvation radiates out to all of creation. From atoms to galaxies, the damage done by the fall when Adam and Eve ate the apple is being healed, initiated by Christ because of God's love. St. John Chrysostom wrote, When we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Christ has bidden us to make the earth a heaven. For he enjoined each of us to care for the whole world. The healing work begun by Jesus and handed on to Peter and the disciples has been passed on to us in our time. I believe as the people of Christ's church, we are called to use our gifts to continue to work for the building of Christ's church, bringing in more land, spreading the good news of forgiveness of sins and the gifts of salvation and eternal life. We are to bring Christ's love and healing to all the people of the world. But we are also called to use our gifts to care for, protect, and restore the precious gift of creation. When we follow Christ, we are called to nurture the seeds of the transformation of earth to be like heaven. The seeds of transformation are in our hands. With the Holy Spirit's guidance, the seeds will become fruit 
for a world that can support life abundantly. Then we will feed the sheep with abundance of good food. My prayer for the church is that we will follow Jesus Christ's call. I pray, too, we will listen to Christ's command to feed his sheep and tend his lambs, that is, to give food to those who need it in our care. I pray, too, we will work to make the earth more like heaven, so there will be clean air, clean water, and good soil, so that our great-great-grandchildren's children will know a world of abundant life, and where children can fish for fish, and clean waters, and not be afraid to eat them. Amen.